Welcome to the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler teaches the good news of Jesus Christ and biblical Christian principles that empower all people with real-life timeless applications for daily kingdom living. Now here's your host, Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler, sharing kingdom truths for kingdom living. Well, praise the name of the Lord, everybody. We are excited about God's word on this day. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word, for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We pray for every listener that they will hear your word and receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to continue our sermon series titled, A Great Expectant Hope. I will be reading in your hearing from the New American Standard Version of the Bible, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 to 18. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. Our first biblical principle is We have a great expectant hope because of the revelation of God's truth. Number two, because all believers will see Jesus. Our third biblical principle is we have a great expectant hope because all believers will hear sounds from heaven. Number four, because of our belief in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Number five, we have a great expectant hope because of our belief in the rapture of the church. And our sixth biblical principle is we have a great expectant hope because we will partake in a royal reunion and a VIP reception. The Apostle Paul gives clear details to the saints at Thessalonica and lets them know and lets us know what our future will look like. We have so much to look forward to with a great expectant hope. We know and believe our future is blessed, bright, and gloriously beautiful. And you might say, Bible teacher Tyler, where will this royal reunion and VIP reception take place? Well, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4.17 that we will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. The phrase in the clouds comes from the Greek word nephele. And although it is in the plural form in this text, it denotes a specific definite mass of vapor. It is not general in meaning as the collection of vapor covering the heavens. It is the same biblical usage that speaks of the cloud which led the Israelites in the wilderness in Exodus 13 verse 21. The Bible declares, 
The Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. It was only one specific cloud that guided them, not two. This was the glory cloud that represented God's divine presence and guidance. It hovered over the tabernacle in the wilderness. The glory cloud is also seen in the New Testament in the book of Matthew chapter 17, verse 5. In this passage, Jesus is transfigured before his disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration. His face and his garments became white as light and Moses and Elijah appeared from heaven. This was a divine manifestation and revelation of God's presence, glory, and his approval of Jesus. It also was a manifestation of Jesus's divine glory. The Bible says, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. In our text, Paul encourages the saints at Thessalonica and us today that we will be going up in the clouds. Literally, this phrase is even more clear when we look at Acts chapter 1 verse 9, which is associated with Christ's ascension. Luke writes, and after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on and a cloud received him out of their sight. And like Jesus, we will be surrounded by the Shekinah glory cloud when the rapture takes place. Each time we look up to the heavens, we ought to be reminded that on one glorious day, Jesus is coming in his great glory and power in the clouds and all the saints will be ascending and joining the Lord. The Apostle Paul further describes in detail the place where our royal reunion and reception will take place. In 1 Thessalonians 4.17, it says to meet the Lord in the air. Both prepositions, the word to and in, in this verse, come from the same Greek word, ice, which denotes entrance into or direction. One commentary stated, a meeting in the air is pointless unless the saints continue on to heaven with the Lord who has come out to meet them. The picture portrayed by the preposition ice is that the meeting occurs between the Lord coming from one direction and believers coming from another to meet together in the air. The word meet in this text comes from the Greek word apontesis, and it means to encounter or to meet face to face. This word appears only four times in the New Testament. There are 25 occurrences of apontesis in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Hebrew scriptures or the Old Testament. It literally means into a meeting with the Lord. The New International Dictionary of New Testament theology says apontesis was a technical term for the solemn meeting of important persons. It suggests the official welcoming of honored guests 
or dignitaries. The Hebrew commentary stated that in the Hellenistic Greek, the expression had become a kind of technical term denoting a ceremonial meeting with a person of position. Our modern day VIP reception that comes to mind where honored guests are welcome is the Oscars or the Grammy Awards for celebrities. They pull out the red carpet, the lights, the cameras, the receptions. They have all the after parties, you name it. And these exclusive events are televised where millions around the world watch them. Only the award recipients and their guests can attend. And if anyone shows up uninvited, more than likely, they will not get past the security. Well, in the kingdom of God, there is an upcoming exclusive red carpet event only for believers in Christ Jesus. Only God's elect and his royal chosen ones will be in attendance. And this red carpet event will be the most spectacular event in human history. And this event has been in the planning and preparation stages from the very beginning of time. Our executive producer is the Lord God Almighty himself. Our host for this event is Jesus Christ, his son, and the director is the Holy Spirit. It will be the most exclusive, exquisite, and magnificent VIP reception ever to be held in human history. The only attendees will be God's people, his kings and his priests. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, We are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Revelation 1.6 declares, And has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The Lord will welcome us, his honored guest, and we will have a face-to-face -face encounter with him. Now, on the other hand, all unbelievers are uninvited guests, whether celebrities or non-celebrities. They will not take part in this spectacular event. They will not see the Lord. They will be left out or left behind. And no accolade, no prestige, no Grammy or Oscar, no wealth or celebrity status will grant any unbeliever entrance to this event to see Jesus. The door will be shut. And this truth is so beautifully illustrated in the book of Matthew, verse 25. It is the story of the 10 virgins. And the Bible says in Matthew 25, 6, but at midnight, there was a shout, behold, the bridegroom come out to meet him. And then in verses 10 to 12, it says, and while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. The Bible says the Lord knows them that are his. He knows his people. He knows his church. And this exclusive red carpet event is for the bride of Christ, his church only. And as we continue in 1 Thessalonians 
chapter 4, verse 17, that we will meet the Lord in the air. The phrase in the air means the atmospheric region with the clouds. Our official VIP reception mm -hmm. will take place in the air and an official welcome from the Lord himself. Jesus will come privately and secretly for his saints and we will be going up to meet the Lord. You know, I enjoy parasailing and it's one of my favorite water sports when vacationing. And these guys strap you up in a harness and they attach it to the boat with a rope. And they tow you and up you go. And it is so exciting and so much fun. You just glide in the air. And a lot of times we don't even think about how risky it is. And God forbid if the tow line is weak or severed. You're talking about a major or fatal accident. I recall reading about a tragic parasailing accident that happened in the Florida Keys. The tow line that was attached to a young mother, her son, and her nephew was cut. And all three of them were blown away. And eventually, they crashed into the old Seven Mile Bridge. The Associated Press reported that the captain on the boat pulling the parasail cut a line tethered to the three victims because the parasail was pegging the boat. It was tragic and so devastating. But one thing we know, when we go up in the air to meet the Lord, our pre-flight, mid-flight, and post-flight will be perfectly and beautifully executed. We will not have to be concerned about any severed tow lines. We will not have to be concerned about mechanical failures or strong winds. We will not have to worry about any boat crashes or plane crashes or weak harnesses or operator errors. And nothing will stop us and no devil in hell will hinder us. We will go up to meet Jesus Christ, the captain and the bishop of our souls without any accidents or any delays. And we have a great expectant hope because we will partake in a royal reunion and a VIP reception. Now let's continue. The last part of that verse says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17, And so we shall always be with the Lord. The phrase, and so in this text, means in this manner or thus. The phrase shall always comes from the Greek word pantote. And it simply means at all times or always. The Apostle Paul is still writing in the second person plural pronoun, including himself, in the appearance of Jesus Christ. He has a yearning to be with the Lord. The word within this text comes from the Greek word soon, and this word is repeated two times in this verse for emphasis. The word with, as noted, speaks of an intimate union. The Ellicott's commentary puts it this way. It's not merely an accompanying, but a coherence with the Lord. The two who are with each other are intimately connected. It is a primary preposition denoting union or togetherness by association or companionship. 
the Hebert commentary as the most important thing is not the place, but the fact of the permanent union with the Lord. Wherever the Lord is, there his glorified church will be. When we receive the free gift of salvation by grace through faith, we immediately entered into an intimate union with Christ. And in spite of all the great persecutions and sorrows the Thessalonian saints were going through, they were all united with Christ. They were already with the Lord. And those that died in Christ were also with the Lord. And this word applies to us today. Through trials and tribulations, we are with the Lord. Through great losses of our loved ones, we are with the Lord. Through our successes and failures, through grief and sorrows, we are with the Lord. Through joy and pain and sunshine and rain, like one of the songwriters wrote, we are with the Lord. We have been with him all along. It doesn't matter what we go through. We will go through with the Lord. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans 6, 4, Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. And we thank the Lord that whatever life challenges come our way, we are with the Lord. And some of us would have lost our minds if it had not been for the Lord on our side. Our deepest cry and yearning in our heart of hearts is to always and forever be with the Lord. And as we continue in our sequence of events, First is the resurrection, second is the rapture, the third event is our final destination, and that is to forever be with the Lord. There are no stops, no transfers, no flight delays or cancellations. We will be eternally with Jesus Christ our Lord. And once we enter into his presence, we will never be asked to leave. There is no going out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We will meet the Lord, live with the Lord, and enjoy him forever. And we will escape the wrath of God. We will not go through the seven-year tribulation period. When Christ returns to earth for the second coming, we will already be with the Lord. We will be coming with him to establish his kingdom rule and reign on earth. And for 1,000 years, we will be with the Lord. Revelation 26 says, Blessed and holy is the one who has a part in the first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. And all throughout eternity, we will be with the Lord. And that brings great joy and comfort to know that forever and ever, we will be with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now let's continue in 1 Thessalonians 4.18. It reads, Therefore, comfort one another with these words. The word therefore expresses consequence or result. 
The word comfort comes from the Greek word parakaleo, and it means to come to one side, to summon, to admonish, to encourage, or to strengthen. The phrase one another comes from the Greek word alelon, and it simply means reciprocally or mutually. And the word words in this text comes from the Greek word logos, which means a word uttered by a living voice, a decree, discourse, or moral precepts given by God. The end result of the living word of God is comfort. The apostle Paul does not seek to comfort or encourage, but he admonishes the saints to comfort and encourage each other so that they would not lose hope. One commentary stated and gives us a beautiful picture of one another and what it means. It simply says, it's like the sequoia trees of California, which tower as high as 300 feet above the ground. And you might be surprised to discover that these giant trees have unusually shallow root systems that reach out in all directions to capture the greatest amount of surface moisture. Their intertwining roots also provide support for each other against the storms. That's why they grow in clusters. Seldom you will see a redwood standing alone because high winds would quickly uproot it. And that's what one another means. We are called to give comfort to one another as we receive comfort from the Holy Spirit who comforts us. In John 14, 26, it says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. It is so comforting to know that one day we, the Bride of Christ, will be with Jesus forever and our long departed loved ones. It is so comforting to know that we will not go through the tribulation, but we will be delivered, snatched up from impending danger and raptured, and we will be with the Lord. One commentary stated, the Lord's coming is a source of comfort to the afflicted and bereaved. And in our lesson passage, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 to 18, it contains the most comforting and tender picture of the Lord's coming in the scriptures. Even the briefest enumeration of the point is full of instruction and consolation. The rapture and the return of Christ are the most comforting and encouraging doctrines in the scripture. The Apostle Paul did not write this truth to spark theological discussions or debates, but he wrote this for comfort, continual comfort, and commanded comfort to one another because we are on the same side. It is not a suggestion. It's a command, and each generation, just as the Apostle Paul and the first century church was waiting and watching expectantly for this spectacular event, 
we too must watch and wait for this monumental event in all human history to take place. The church's greatest expectant hope is the arrival of Jesus Christ when he comes to bless his people with his presence. And while we wait and watch for his coming, we must commit our hearts to always love and encourage each other, especially those that are hurting. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 confirms this truth. It says, Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another, just as you also are doing. And then in 1 Thessalonians 5.14, it states, We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone. And as the early church encouraged each other and greeted one another with the saying, Maranatha, meaning the Lord is coming, we should do the same. And we ought to shout it on the mountaintops and tell people everywhere that Jesus is coming back again. We should have a sense of urgency and pray fervently for the Lord's return. We must keep our minds frequently meditating on the return of Jesus Christ. And in closing, Hebert shares in his commentary, the blessed prospect of the rapture as described in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 15 to 18 may rightly be called the pole star of the Christian church. It constitutes a precious revelation that has brought comfort and cheer to believers down through the centuries. And we have a great expectant hope because we will partake in a royal reunion and VIP reception with Jesus Christ. Now let's look at our practical applications for this lesson. Number one, read and meditate on scriptures pertaining to the lesson. Matthew chapter 17 verse 5. Matthew chapter 25 verses 10 through 13. And Revelation chapter 1 verse 6. Number two, invest time studying the word of God and obey the word. Number three, for new believers, find a Bible teaching church that teaches the truth about Bible prophecy. Number four, share the love of Christ and witness to the lost. Number five, learn to practice righteousness and walk in holiness in anticipation of the Lord's return. And you might say, Bible teacher Tyler, who is this Jesus that is coming back again? Well, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for salvation that's taking place all around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Please subscribe to our podcast so you will know when the next episode is published. To hear more biblical teachings and give to support the ministry, please visit our website 
at www.thekingdomtruth.org. That is www.thekingdomtruth.org. God bless you until we meet again.